0: Sometimes I think you just have to pave your own way, even when other people don't get it or think you're crazy. You know, only you can decide. You know what what your life is going to be.
1: This is your badass journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Hey there, listeners. Thank you for joining me today on your Badass Journey podcast. Today's guest is Leslie Na. She has been a curious customer researcher for 12 years. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, as someone who has focused on insights on how consumers behave, what consumers want, and her time and years working with Procter Gamble, giving her an expertise like no other, she found that there was a gap in the industry to service Smaller businesses, mid sized businesses, and even startups in engaging the customer based on data and research that large billion dollar companies use every single day. She's a speaker, mentor, and is currently serving as the CEO of a company called Truth Bomb. It's the only customer insights research and strategy agency that exclusively serves startups to mid sized businesses. The number one factor that divides the, divides the successful few from everyone else is the customer understanding and the ability to apply that insight throughout their business. Truth Bomb exists to make sure you go the distance. When Leslie is not dropping Truth Bombs, she's either cooking, taking pictures, rock climbing, or chasing her preschooler around the house. She has so Many great gifts um, that she's going to share with you today on how to approach not only entrepreneurship, but really identifying a calling to service a gap in the market and really create an innovative business out of it, leveraging the skill set she created while investing her time in someone else's uh, company in order to really understand that there was a customer gap in who they were servicing. So now she went out on her own and put it all into place. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation because it really helps you realize that when you see those openings for an area of service, that might be a business you're meant to start. I hope you get inspired by today's conversation. And I can't wait to connect with you afterwards. Today's episode on your badass journey podcast is with Leslie. Now, welcome Leslie. Thank you. Good to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you here. I, what I'm I'm so excited to share with listeners today is that you're just in the midst of launching your new business, and um, which is a great great phase to actually talk to a new founder about because we all know the pains of launching and we all also get super excited on on what's coming out. Um, But before we jump into what you do in your work life and and what you're putting out into the world, I love to have my guests share um, their journey on how they got to where they are today. And so you can go as far back as you'd like um, in how you got to where you are today in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. Um, but, or, you know, just truly share your journey on how you came to launch this business. It's totally up to you.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. So I am a very unlikely entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is that I am first generation daughter of conservative Chinese immigrants. So growing up, I basically had four choices of what I could be, right? I could be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or a world-class pianist. And at one point I was on my way to becoming a world-class pianist, which is probably a story for another time. Amazing, amazing. Uh, but the point is, is I didn't grow up thinking outside of the box, right? I grew up, you know, we, we, we didn't lead, you know, we follow the hell of out of whatever, you know, convention says. And so, you know, nobody in my family on either side, nobody in my husband's family is an entrepreneur. And so I really did not even know that startup was even a thing, honestly, until a few years ago, which sounds so crazy now that I'm fully in it. But truly, truly, I I was on the path to like what, you know, what my family set out for me, you know, to conform to this mold. Um, and I always knew that it was a, a poor fit. I just didn't know what would be a good fit until I basically just got brave enough and said, you know what, what I'm doing right now is not working. So I was in the corporate world for about mm, 16 years in of my career. And I'd always known that that was not going to be my forever home. You know, I'm not not into the politics, not into red tape, uh, but I just didn't know what the next step was going to be. And then I, quite by accident, stumbled upon the world of, of startup, and I just fell head over heels in love and it was love at first sight professionally and i was like this is it this is who i am this is where i want to leave my legacy so that's sort of you know generally been my my journey and my parents thought i was crazy <laughs> up until about a few months ago they thought i was absolutely insane but i'm also really bullheaded which works in my favor uh so i just you know pushed ahead anyway and then you know a few this past christmas My dad looked at me after I explained to him what I was doing, and he said, "You know what? I was really scared at first, but now I couldn't be more proud of you." I love that. Sometimes I think you just have to pave your own way, even when other people don't get it or think you're crazy.
1: You know, only you can
0: decide. You know what what your life is going to be.
1: I love that, Leslie, because I mean, there's so much in your um, journey that speaks to, you know, is thinking outside the box and knowing that you initially were raised, like there was a conformative thinking mm-hmm. around tradition and what success looked like and what was possible. And it, and it created these paths that really weren't necessarily aligned with who you are, you know, as you did follow through and did try to fit the mold that they set for you. To take that risk and then also give time for understanding so that your family could be, still be connected and, and, and eventually understand, but ultimately not let that stop you. So it, it's really beautiful that, that you've kind of come into your own in that way. What was the career that you had for the 16 years? Just curious, you know, like what were you doing before you discovered the startup world?
0: Yeah. So uh, initially right out of school, I was a copywriter in the advertising agency for four years and had a ton of fun, um, made shit for money. (laughs) And then my dad, of course, remember my background, kept pestering me and said, that's not a real job, Leslie, that's not a real job, right? Because it didn't conform to the one of four options that had been laid out for me. And I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. So he eventually convinced me to join Procter and Gamble. And when I looked at all the career options at p g there was really only one career path that I was interested in, which was consumer and market insights. Um, and that's because I've always, always, always loved understanding what makes people tick and that was the closest thing to that so i've you know in the past I've considered being a psychologist and a life counselor, and at some point in my life in this one or the next I probably will be but um I just love connecting with people and really making a difference in people's lives and so customer insights and research that's what that is, but with a business lens and um, so now I've been a customer researcher for twelve years. So I started uh, at Procter & Gamble. I was there for seven years. And then when my husband and I moved to Colorado, um, I was leading uh, insights and research for the plant-based division at uh, what was then White Way Foods. They've since been acquired by Danone.
1: It's amazing the the realm of insights and research um, because it has been behind a lot of a lot of corporate large corporation decisions, right? And and then I'm curious when coming from you know Procter and Gamble and having that exposure, and then uh, what was the entrepreneurial or startup like aha exposure that you had? where you realize, oh, you know what? There's something here for me to now launch. Like, So tell me about that moment in your journey that made the the switch for you.
0: Absolutely. So I've always been an extremely mission and purpose driven person. So when I see an inequity somewhere, I just feel Compelled to right that wrong, to bring justice and equality to an inequity, whether it's to people, our planet, the creatures that we live with, whatever it is. I found a huge inequity. That's what happened. Was you know I had been doing market research for 12 years, um, you know, under the in the corporate sector, and. By happenstance, you know, stumbled upon um, some research that said that not only are startups and small businesses is the rate of success super low right so that that so that i think most people know right so startup the rate of success is as low as 10% for small businesses it can be as low as 25 right really really scary low but what really shocked me was a study i read that said that the number one factor that divides the successful few from everybody else is the ability to understand your customer and then apply that throughout the rest of your business. And I was like, how could that be the number one reason? Because market research is a $45 billion industry and it has been around for a hundred years, right? So my knee-jerk reaction was, I don't understand how this could be the number one reason for business failure because this resource has been around, right? Or so I thought. And so I called... Colleagues all over the world had dozens of conversations. And I said, hey guys, like what's going on with this, right? Most, you know, the, the grand majority of businesses are smaller businesses, right? We only have a few billion-dollar businesses. Who, and, and they're the ones who are curing the cancers of the world, right? Pushing our innovation. Who's helping these businesses? And the unanimous answer that I got was, well, no one. And we're actually quite happy, you know, serving and siphoning off of the billion dollar guys because we make a ton of money. That's right. So we're just fine ignoring everyone else. And after about, you know, a hundred of those conversations, I finally said, you know what? I don't like that. Right mm-hmm. that doesn't sit well with me. That's a huge obvious inequity, right? You're yeah. telling me that we have a resource that we understand but simply because and and when I by the way when I heard there's no money in startup or there's no money in small business, I, I call bullshit. I just yeah. do. I don't believe that. What I think people are saying is We're making so much money off the billion dollar guys. No one has bothered to figure out or create a business model that works for startups and smaller businesses. Right. It's not that there's no money. It's that no one has bothered to do the work because they're very cushy in the status quo.
1: Right. Right. They're comfortable.
0: Exactly. And so that was the genesis of me creating Truth Bomb, which has now become the first and only uh, customer insights and research resource that's exclusively built
1: for startups to mid-sized businesses. I love it. And it's so needed. And I love that you're filling in that gap, but doing it in a conscious and thoughtful way. You know, like you're really considering the owners of these businesses understanding the pain of when they've had to shut down or not even know really the process of how to leverage customer insights in order to grow and expand their reach. It's just, it's really cool. I love that that's what helped you design, you know, Truth Bomb. And how did you come up with the name of Truth Bomb? That was one question I wanted to ask you. (laughs) (sighs)
0: You know what, to be honest, um, uh, there are so many other things that take me so long, but truth bomb just came to me in a two-second flash. That's the truth. Um, it just it, it just felt like it was really representative of me, my personality, the brand equity that I wanted to build. And I tell people, look, it's called truth bomb, not sugarcoat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
0: Right? So yeah. it also sets expectations for clients, right? Like I'm not, I'm here if I need to, and with grace to call your baby ugly, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, I'm here to see you succeed and to go the distance, to make more money, get there faster, all those things. And sometimes you got to call a baby ugly, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and you you need a, a third party oftentimes to tell you that. It's really hard. We get attached to our startups, our babies, right? And, and you put all this blood, sweat and tears into it, right? And you sometimes you just don't want to see what's right in front of you. And yeah. so um, I'm I'm happy to play that role.
1: Yeah. It's it's a similar lens that I get to to I guess put the mirror up in front of my clients as well to truly see like how they're leading their business and how their skill set matters and and the actions they choose to take matters and how um, successful, their business will be during each phase of growth, because that's the other aspect as well. Like once you actually put products out there or services out there for your small business to mid-sized business, you're going to have so much learning from that customer base to help you then pivot to figure out where else can you serve them or how better can you put your products out there to to meet the needs, to have that consistency, build that legacy. You know, and, and have that growth because generally, um, creators, the artist mind is what is launching a business. It's a concept, it's something that they feel would be really cool to have out there. But that validation is needed to then say, oh, yeah, and there's actually a market for this, you know? So tell me a little bit about the services that you're your business provides or how do you, I know you're, you're about six months in, correct? Mm -hmm. And so what is it that you're looking to serve or who, who should come to you to, um, assess if the services you're providing are going to work for them or how you partner with them, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Great question. So, all the only factor that you have to be is you just can't be a billion dollar giant because that <laughs> is covered, right? Right, right. <laughs> resources for them? So yeah. I serve everyone everyone else. So mid-sized business on down. Uh, after that, I serve pro, uh, profit, non you know, B2B, B2C across all industries, right? And across all business stages. So digging into that a little bit more, you know, I tell everybody, you should be, you should have a working relationship with your customer at all times, right? Now, that being said, there are three inflection points in a business cycle where I can add a lot of value. The first one is the beginning. So you're either pre-launch or maybe all you have is an idea. So the challenge there is how do we set you up for success? How do we build you a strong business model that is anchored in deep and rich customer insight so that you can achieve product market fit? right, in the early stages, because that is the first place where so many businesses fall down. As you said, right, they're not able to achieve product market fit. Well, when you reverse engineer that, that is because they weren't really able to understand their customer and triangulate their product to that understanding, right? So that's the first place is in the beginning. The second phase is right after you've launched and uh uh-oh, something happened, right? Maybe your launch isn't going nearly as well as you thought. Maybe you're getting a ton of negative feedback. Maybe you're losing clients or customers, whatever it is, you're stuck. So I come in and help you figure out what is happening, why is that happening, and how do we get you unstuck? Then the third phase is in your growth and expansion phase. So now you're you're growing like gangbusters, doing really well. You know, maybe you have 20 different options before you that you could choose. The challenge there is identifying what is the right growth strategy for you right? Uh, Which one, in what order? And the challenge really there is a lot of founders begin their startup or begin their business by solving their own problem. Then they find a hundred other people who share that same problem and boom, you have product market fit, right? Great. But now they're growing, growing, growing. And now in order to achieve their growth objective, they have to reach a million people, well, guaranteed that the tactics that you used to understand and reach those first 100 people are not going to be the same for the million people, right? And so how do you do that? Who are these people? Um, who, do, who should you be targeting now, uh, two years from now, five years from now, right? So we figure out what is the right growth strategy
1: for you. I love that. And because you know, I'm all about growth and impact. And so I think it's really cool to Know that your service is out there and your mission really is to help people leverage the data collection, the market fit for their customer and almost test their solutions, right? Like make sure that their baby isn't ugly and that it will be loved and it will be received well. And that as it's growing up and going through the adolescence and going through the teenage years and heading into adulthood, that it's (laughs) truly getting groomed in a way. That will always be welcomed into their customers' home, you know. So it's a really, really cool uh, service you're offering, and I'm so excited to be sharing you with the listeners because I know my listeners. There, they, you guys are all about um, not only helping yourselves grow. Like my listeners, always love that. That what else can I be doing to better myself as a as a leader in my company or as an entrepreneur? in my space but but understanding that there's other people to partner with and lean on and services to use to make it even better is is part of their growth path so i love that we're sharing you with them i want to dive a little bit into how you show up as a leader and in a new startup having the the 16 years of experience obviously prior to launching your own company what what do you hope that your team would say about you as you show up as a leader?
0: Yeah, I would hope that my team would say that she leads with a fire in her heart. And what I mean by that is that that she leads with passion and conviction and that she just doesn't take something lying down. And I think that's, I think you need that, and I think part of that too is when you're a woman of color in the startup world, right? I think you have to have a little bit more fire in your belly, anyway. But I just think, especially in the service business, there's always the temptation to just take the money and do whatever the client says, right? Or or go for the bigger clients because that's easier, or, or do things the status quo way, right? Instead of looking, you know, asking the the hard questions and saying, "Is there a better way?" I think that's always a temptation and so i would hope that my team would say you know what but she's always pushing she's always got that fire she's always got that passion she's always questioning things and then the other side of that fire is is the warmth and empathy you know i would hope that they would say that i always put people over profit that that's always the most important and that i always remember that it's really the people who make the business at the end of the day right especially in a service based business
1: yeah i love that because it's it's connected it's forward thinking it's of influence and it's you're constantly learning you know those are awesome traits to have in in, in a leader uh, so that you don't get in your own way either right like i think we see that a lot in like you said that you walked away from a lot of bureaucracy in a, in large firms and that bureaucracy is generally created when we really stop communicating about the mission of what we're trying to accomplish and include our teams in leading with us. You know? So that's really great that you have that perspective. And I'm sure anybody who works for you is benefiting from your guidance and, and your leadership, which is, which is really cool. And you have a quote that you tend to live by or, or lead with. Let's share that with our listeners.
0: Sure, yeah. My favorite quote is, if it's not a hell yes,
1: It's a no. And how has that served you?
0: It serves me because you know the key word in there is hell. (laughs) If it's not a hell, yes. (laughs) And the reason is because we are just it's easy to say yes to a lot of things, especially when you're just beginning. And so let's just take like the typical founder example, right? Right now what we celebrate, what you read in the news tends to be valuation, right? How much is a startup valued for and funding, right? Like, oh, this startup, you know, raised a million in funding or got, you know, 5 million from this investor or whatever, which yes, it's great in the right setting. But I honestly feel like that is over glorified because you even want that money, right? So we've created this culture within the startup world where you should just say yes to everybody's money, right? But when you ask yourself, is that a hell yes? Well, that's different, right? Like Because that investor may have a very different vision for your business than you do, right? And so when you, you're basically, you're selling off a piece of your equity, right? And there's so, so many instances where, you know, a founder starts off with one vision and then a few years down the road, they've taken all this money, they've taken all this invest investment and now it's completely different and it's nothing near what they had originally envisioned. And so you, know, you just have to ask yourself with all your decisions, like, is this really um, is this really, really right for me and the vision that I've set for myself? And if it's not, then
1: say no. I love that because it gives you a point of measure. You know, the way I, I have shared that with my clients going through the phases. I actually love to fast forward and say, you know, what's the vision of how you plan to exit this company? And, and when you start to visualize your exit strategy, and I know that's scary, but when, for folks that are just starting a business, cause you're like, but I'm just starting, I don't want to exit yet. However, if you, if you give yourself time through the phases of, as you grow your business and you think about that exit and, and the impact you want in the, in your community for that, the impact you want for your clients for that who you need to be able to exit gracefully and exit doesn't mean selling necessarily. It just means you become an owner of your business uh, uh, as part of the brand potentially, or you get to define actually what exit looks like. But when you do that, then the consciousness actually comes back into who do you want in your business now? Like, is it aligned? So when you say the hell yes, I say alignment. Like it's, it's kind of like, is this truly aligned that makes it a hell yes, you know, so that there's that ease, but you're also thinking in a conscious way of what are you really trying to build and put out into the world? And I know you've had a lot of exposure to accelerators and you, you've done talks, etc. So, so what has that been like in your dialogue with them or when you do kind of, um, you know, not sugarcoat things, <laughs> right. And are blunt when you see folks going after the wrong potential investment or investor pool. Like, have you had those conversations before with folks? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's just a conversation about what their ultimate vision is, right? And also giving them the encouragement to say, just because you don't take that person's money, for instance, right? Or say yes to this opportunity, but that, that it's not, doesn't spell doom, <laughs> For your business, right? Yeah. The right, the right opportunities, the right funding—if that's the route that you want to go—will um, will come along. Um, because running a startup or small business, it can be very lonely. Yeah, very lonely, and you get scared. You know that if I don't do this, if I don't take this money, um, then this is never going to happen, right? So I just, I just got to do this now. And sometimes it just takes a person to sit down with them to say, that's not true. You know, you can, you can do this without this, or the right investor will come along or, or whatever it is, or let's, let's help you find the right network. Um, So a lot of times it's, it's just that, it's just that
1: encouragement. Yeah. And then navigation to connect, you know, which is also what I love um, to bring Uh, to my community and my listeners too, is like, I feel like I'm a a master connector because if I don't have the solution for you, I'll be like, oh, you should talk to so-and-so, you know, or, or come into my mastermind because those are the people that are in the room and, and will help you build that inner circle in a faster way, you know, that's really efficient to help you accelerate into what's next. And it's, it's really great that you were, you lead yourself this way, you know, so I love that you're sharing a piece of yourself with, with us. Um, but also know that impact that we'll have with all your clients that come to work with you, as well as, you know, the business that you're building yourself. It's, it's so great. And I love that you live by that, that quote, if it's not a hell, yes, it's a no. <laughs> so it's so aligned. So great. So um, uh, I, I, Would love for you to let our listeners know how best to connect with you or reach out to see if the services that you're offering or who you are as a leader, if they want to have you come speak, you know, et cetera, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
0: Yeah. So one is through the website. So you can go to www.truthbomb.life. So that's .life, not .com. And then I'm all over LinkedIn. So just look me up. It's Leslie Na, L-A-S-L-I-E. And then Na is in A.
1: Amazing. And one way I love to close out my show um, as I bring badasses on is for you to define what a badass is.
0: A badass to me is somebody who looks their fear right in the eye and does the thing that scares them anyway. Love that. I want to be very clear in saying, I I sometimes think that people view badasses and think that somehow they got over their fear, right? That they're fearless. I just want to debunk that right now. There is no one who's fearless. It doesn't matter how big time you are, CEO, making all this money. I guarantee you there is something that scares the shit out of them, right? Mm -hmm. Right. The difference is is that they acknowledge their fear, they even embrace their fear, and then they do it anyway. That's the difference. We're all scared when we jump off the cliff. It's just some people
1: choose to jump and some don't. That's so true. And I love that. And I want to just thank you so much for being on today's show and sharing a piece of yourself with everyone. And until our next conversation, thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.